0: Hello, this is Janet Gallon. Welcome you once again to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is someone you may well know as an entertainer. And it's Penny Wilson. And Penny, I I know that you were a really significant, wonderful R&B singer. Tell us just a little bit about your history in performance and say hello.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you today. And uh, uh, thank you so much, Janet, for inviting me to be a guest on your show. Well, thank you for saying yes, which is my favorite word. OK, go ahead. Absolutely. absolutely. So um, when I was a little girl, my sister used to sing under the table. She'd stand at the table to, and sing. And when my mom would have company, people oh. would come over and, and watch her. And she would get money for that. She was so talented as a, as a little girl. So I, I, I was kind of a bookworm, kind of a nerdy kid. And, but I, but I wanted some money too. You know, I said <laughs> she's getting money. I need some too. Cause they, she would get quarters when she sang and you know, back then quarters, would that was good. Right. right. So uh, eventually we, um, I started harmonizing with her. Oh, and I started learning more and more. And eventually we, 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 you know, as we, got in our early teens, I think we were like 14 and 16, uh, we had a girlfriend around the corner who dated a guy who was a guitar player, and he was uh, playing in his trio, and we decided to, to to make a group, so we made a group, and he let us sing with him. and eventually, we started recording, so we made our first record, and I think we were like 15 and 16, huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we signed with a, a company out of Washington, D.C. Uh, as a group, we were called the Lovations. How cute. And, <laughs> yeah, we thought that was kind of cute. cute. So let
0: me let me ask you something. I mean, you've had a complicated journey through many different areas of performance. And I, I do kind of, I want to talk about um, Easter Disability mm-hmm. Festival just for a minute. Sure. Because Yes, well, why don't you tell us what that is first and then we'll wind back around, okay? No
1: problem, no problem because that is what I'm in the midst of right now. And right, and different. that's how we met, my being aware of that, yes. Absolutely. My dear friend, David Zimmerman. and Mine I too. Absolutely, isn't he a doll? Ugh, Angel on Earth, yes, go uh, ahead. That's exactly how I feel about him. Yeah. He and I were talking and uh, he had mentioned his film, Honey Bunny which was just adorable. And we were talking about um, uh, me doing something. And I had said, you know, he, he knew that I had done something in the entertainment business and I wanted to do something with Shanice. Now I, Shanice
0: is your niece actually, right? Yes. And she's a singer with her own very
1: illustrious Yes, yeah, she's got a pretty significant career, and she um, she, loves, her heart is so big, and I know that she would just be so amenable to doing this, because she had been a, a judge for this woman who was giving talent shows, and, and the talent shows were, was kids with dis- disabilities.
0: But wait, let me just go back a second. I think you skipped over something, or I had a little mind lapse but you said so amenable to doing this. Are you talking about amenable
1: to making a film? To making a film. That had to do- once, once David showed me Honey Bunny, I talked- Why don't to you say what
0: about- Honey Bunny is?
1: Honey Bunny was a beautiful film that David Zimmerman did for, uh, produced for um, the Easter Seals Disability Challenge. Right. And uh, it was about this couple of uh, this couple with Down syndrome and their love story.
0: Yes. And, and, is, and this is a love story. Okay. So you, this movie is called
1: Kryptonite, correct? Yes. And it's also a love story. It is a love story. The genre for this year's uh, challenge was romance. Uh huh. And it's crazy because you find out everything one day and you got to do everything in one day and then you got to start shooting and have everything done within five days. So um, we were blessed to be able to find Ryan Lane. Uh, and we thought it was kind of a, a brilliant, a brilliant uh, uh, story to have a non-hearing man and a vocalist as okay. a couple, and so we were able to put that together. And uh, we did. We shot the film, and I think it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And where uh, can people see it? Well, if you go to the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, uh, and this
0: is also a love story. And I I know a little bit about it. And I don't want to be a spoiler, but it is so worth yes, watching this film. You saw it? No, but I saw part. I'm going to see the whole thing, but I saw parts of it and I read about it. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deep it's pretty deep.
0: What what is your own journey? Because I read something about you that well, first of all, you at some point went back to school.
1: Well, what happened was as a singer, uh I got to perform with some of the really great entertainers. I did we did back, my sister you and I for Dela Reese? Back in the day we were we were kids. We opened for Dela Reese, we opened for Lou Rawls, then it moved on to uh people like Rick James, um, Barry White. Um we did the Grammys doing backgrounds with people. We did uh Jay Leno. I mean, we did we we did quite quite a few things. Well and, Della, Reese, Della Reese
0: really got me because she was huge when I was a teen. Yes. She was huge when I was a teen. I know, so she, she stayed was, huge forever, didn't she? Yes, Yeah, she did. And so was Lou Rawls. He was huge. That's right, that's she right. Did.
1: So we were like, man, this is Yeah. Great.
0: Okay, well, I interrupted. I shouldn't go back to your journey <laughs> once you, after you were singing. So
1: I worked in, I, I was signed to Motown for a while uh, and we recorded the album. And uh, we were also working with my niece's career because she was a kid. She was just 14 years old when she got started. And it was a very, the the, the industry is very challenging, very political. And I, I was still rough around the edges, you know? I wasn't as tactful maybe as I can, <laughs> as, as I've grown to be in, in most cases, depending on the situation, <laughs> you know? So I, I felt broken. When we when our record was was not released, and I said, you know, I I'm so broken. I I got to do something, and I was thinking about going back to school, and uh, I was talking to my academic mentor about um, what I should major in, and she said, do critical media studies. Because oh no! So was- I,
0: I read that about you. Will you tell us what that is exactly?
1: Well, you know, media creates reality. Oh, yeah. And right. it also reflects reality. And so um, what critical studies is, is it it is an analysis of representation. Ah. An okay. analysis of how people are represented in terms of their sex, their gender, their racial categories, all of the different identifying aspects mm-hmm. of that and, and, and how that affects the, the, the ideology of the culture. <laughs> how we are constructed and programmed via the medium. Aren't we ever? Yeah. And I I fell in love with it. I, I went back. I, I, when I, when I finished my graduate work, my academic mentor, Dr. Madison, who left me a few years ago, went on to the heavens. She was such, she was so young, but she, um, (laughs) she, really opened my eyes to some things. And she she, she went on sabbatical one year. She said, I want you to teach my class for me. And I'm like, what? That was like six months after I finished my graduate work. What and, did she want you to focus on? Well, the class that I was teaching was, I think it was race, inequality, and violence or something. I can't remember the class. I've taught so many classes. I see, okay. I can't oh. remember the exact class, but I taught that for her that summer And it led to me teaching uh, for over, for almost 17 years. Wow. I did not know that. That's wonderful. Now, now what about,
0: um, I know that now we see, well, the disability film challenge, of course, more important than ever, which I think David said to me to portray people who are on some disability spectrum. And I got to say that there's so many people who are, come under the the disability. And I see a lot of it as like a feature of them, but not really a
1: disability. Well, I kind of like to look at it as various abilities. Yes. Because when something is maybe, you have a little less of something, you have a little more of something. So I kind of look at it as having various abilities. Um, I wanted to to, to interject, uh, right, uh, my first involvement, in this in this uh, arena was with a young man who had, I think there's still call- well. He was on the autism spectrum, uh-huh. and he it's called Asperger syndrome. I I'm think very familiar with that. Yes, so we, my sister and I, co-directed uh, a one-man play by a young man named George Steves called "My Life with Aspergers," and we ended up, um, we ended up. Executive producing a documentary about his life with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And that was my first involvement with someone who was considered disability in an artistic forum. Uh huh. There you go. And um, it oh, kind okay. of, mm-hmm. go yeah. ahead. It just kind of made me, you know, when the, the uh, Disability Film Challenge came up, I was like, well, that's in our arena. You know, we can. We can just move into that arena, um, and 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 make something happen. You know, I didn't, I had no idea it would be this challenging and this difficult. Now, but, do you consider
0: yourself somewhere on that Asperger spectrum, or you're just watching it from outside?
1: Well, the young man I, I I directed and produced in the the play and the documentary has Asperger's. I realized that. Yeah, I. Don't consider myself as having Asperger's. I
0: I didn't know, I, I wasn't sure how you came to that because I think most of us, I shouldn't say most of us, so many of us without real life fall somewhere
1: on that scale. You know what, Janet? Well, I have thought about it. I have thought in my aloneness sometimes. Penny, do you think you may be on a spectrum? You know, because I'm so I know George, the young man I work with, he has to have everything in in an order. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I do too. Right. You know, if anything, if I see anything like if, if I have a stack of papers and one of them is sticking out, oh, yes,
0: I can't stand it. I mean, or a corner of a little mat is turned. I know. I have a whole bunch myself.
1: I think a lot of people do. Yes, I don't know if that's Asperger's syndrome. I don't know what it is, you know, but I do know that I have that, uh, and I have misophonia. Are you familiar with that? No. What is that? Misophonia is when you have a, a, a huge sensitivity to sound. Uh huh. For example, clocks ticking, water dripping, oh. pins clicking. Uh huh. It's 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 not a good thing to have. At all, it's. It's, it's 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 you're locked in your body and you hear these sounds and you're like oh my god I can't listen to it. What else. do you do about it to counteract the discomfort? Well, first of all, I thought I was the only person in the world that had it, <laughs> and and I'm not. So I, you know, one day I saw a TV show about it, and um, well, let me go back. When I was 15, I went to uh, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Said, well, why don't you wear earplugs? And so I've been wearing earplugs. Ever since I was fifteen years old, and uh, my my one of my best friends said to me, "If there was ever a crime, and there were airplugs found, they would come straight to you <laughs> because they would think you did it. Because sometimes you drop them along the way and you leave." Sure, sure, sure. Oh, what a good solution! Yes, I do that. It doesn't totally take the sound away, but it kind of mutes it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so talk a little bit more about disability and film. In your experience, well, well,
1: I mean, have you been in other projects? These are the only two projects that I've done. Um, but what I did see is such brilliance. Yes. In Ryan Lane's acting, the his his he has such levels mm-hmm. of acting and his energy exudes from the screen. And what was really wonderful is that Chinese felt him. Uh huh. And the two of them together, they really made magic. I'm so proud of what they were able to do. Oh, I'm going to have to go watch this whole thing. Now, let
0: me ask you something about him. So you, he, does he sign? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And is he the only one in this production that signed? Well, we had,
1: uh, ASL interpreters we had like oh. four of them mm-hmm. uh, okay we had uh, for you who were doing the production uh-huh yes we had the director of uh, american sign language um he was extremely helpful because you have to know you have to make sure that when you uh when you sign when he's signing and talking that everything's captured that you can't shoot you got to make sure you're you're getting his face and his hands and uh-huh. There's, there's little things you have to know to do. So yes. the director, our director, Cameron Mitchell, was really good at working with uh, the uh, with Brian Cole, who was the uh, director of American Sign Language. Yes. And then we had uh, Joanne Dean, who worked with us as well, very much. She's one of our producers. Yes. Um, who-
0: Such a beautiful way of communicating. I, you know, I love it. And I got myself a sign language teacher at some point. And decided I would learn this. And it is so great. It's the hardest language I've ever learned. The subtleties. Yes, because if you do something wrong, you uh-huh. say the
1: wrong thing. Right. You know, the slightest little right. <laughs> you know, hand movement could be something that you don't want to say. Well, for sure, for sure.
0: And then there are, you know, the, the faces that have to go with it because part of signing is your facial
1: expression. Joanne calls that the facial grammar is that right okay yes. yeah so it's 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 very interesting and i'm i'm just very thankful to have had an opportunity to be a part of this challenge and to uh this is the 10th anniversary oh i'm the- glad you mentioned that yes okay so what what is it that
0: you want people to get from watching this film and how do they how once they get on it is there a way that they can you know, hit a like button or a something button so that they can um, show kind of support. What they
1: need to do is they need to sh- say, say, yeah, like it and share it and okay. share it and share it because it's a competition. Whoever gets the most views will win an awareness campaign award. So we want everybody to like it and share it. Oh, I'm so glad you're explaining that so clearly. Okay. Yes, absolutely.
0: And what are the lessons to be learned? I find that, you know, everything you look at, everything you do, everyone who says a word to you, you get to learn something if your eyes and your heart and your mind are open. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: sometimes, you know, I I am kind of going through a lot of challenges right now. My older sister has stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Oh my goodness. I am so sorry to hear that. Oh, so yeah. through this process, I have been like walking scar tissue. Yes. And trying to continue to get the work done, but it's been very, very difficult. But what I've learned is that um, you have to you have to just grit your teeth, you know, and keep on moving and keep on going and keep on pushing and to find the little teeny joys mm-hmm. um, you can find, you know, in the wilderness because I feel like I'm in the wilderness right now. Certainly seems to be. Yeah, but um, to see them work and to see the story come into fruition and to see what Nick Novicki has created. Oh, this would be wonderful. Over these ten years, yes, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I have—I've never had a chance to really meet Nick in person. Oh, to see what he's done is mind-boggling to me, and I'm just very honored to be a part of this. I love my friend David for asking me. It's been extremely difficult, especially. Well, I have for, I have
0: a for you. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, as you're talking about all this, I'm just going. So I am largely about the power, the power of letters mm-hmm. and the power of love letters. And yeah. I'm listening to you. And I, I want to say, if you were to write one right now, gratitude, love, and anything, who would it be to?
1: If I wrote a love letter right now?
0: Yes. or and, and I include in that any letter of gratitude or memories that are important to share, thoughts, because I feel like if you have a good thought about somebody, why Can not? I- Write it down
1: and send it. Does it have to be one person? or Could I mention a couple?
0: Oh, no. I, I can see five already that I would like to write to. In your okay, team. great. It's not one person. It should be a way of life, I think. Go ahead. I
1: would write a letter to my mother.
0: Okay. Tell me about her a little bit.
1: My mother was a pillar of strength. Uh, she took us on all of our shows as teenagers. Mm-hmm. She taught us to have integrity and to be true to our, to ourselves. Um, and she had so much strength that my sister and I said, if, if we could have half the strength that she had, uh, we would be really solid women. Oh, is she, is she still with us or. Oh, she left, she left, um, 2007 she's been gone but she was she's with me every single day of course she is
0: and how important to tell her that so i'm just thinking that i have never let somebody's passing be a reason to stop talking to them neither do i right and um writing a love letter to somebody i mean a mother in particular somebody who's gone who would you mail it to if i were to write a love letter you're writing a love letter to somebody who's no longer with you here on earth, to whom will you mail it? See, I think a love letter, handwriting, envelope stamps, it's gotta be sent to someone, I think, to live as a letter.
1: I don't know how to think about that.
0: Well, Where would maybe I there's, say? A, there's okay, so what about other relatives? Yeah, I mean maybe Are there grandchildren or their nieces and nephews or their what maybe
1: maybe I would write a letter and send it to my sister who's going through her challenge with cancer. Right oh, now.
0: it could be, you know, dear mom, I'm writing this to you, but I'm gonna send it to, what? what is your sister's name? Her name is Cremora. What is it? Cromora. Cremora, okay, so, you know, I, I'm gonna send it. And then you say, because I want just to have the joy of talking to her about how much I always loved you and then write it to your mother, but send it to your sister. That's amazing. And those things, somebody will put it in a drawer. They'll stick it in the pages of a a Bible or a book. It'll be found later and part of your history.
1: Do you remember the song Love Letters by Kenny Lester? Remind me about it? It was a song that says, love letters straight from your heart. Of course I do.
0: Yes. yes, yes, yes. And nobody ever, you know, people keep but I'm thinking also um, <laughs> to your sister. Now, does she live near you that you can see her frequently? No, she lives in
1: Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, I've got to get, get to Pittsburgh. Okay. So you know, making arrangements to go. What, uh, a, what
0: about do you have you ever written a letter to her? Just memories. I don't think so.
1: i we talk on the talking I bet
0: she would love that a thought. Yeah. Just, you know, even even one a month. And something just to say, I just remembered when we first, whatever it is, and how gorgeous you looked in that green dress, whatever you remember, that brings people back to their strongest selves.
1: You know, you're making me think thoughts that I never thought before. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, I, I'm going to think about writing some letters to. Quite a few people now. Nick Novicky. Nick Novicky.
0: Oh, you've got homework. <laughs> I hope you do it. You know, there's something about. I mean, I, I've seen this, you know, myself and a workshop that people are sometimes sitting down to write a letter. That's a difficult situation, like your sister who's going through something that's very challenging, to say the least. Absolutely. <laughs> and you sit down, and as you start writing things that you remember your shoulders relax and your breathing comes more easily and you end up smiling because you are doing yourself the gift of bathing in the positive.
1: I want to write a love letter to you for what what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. To give someone that (laughs) opening to think about letting things, you know, off your heart. Off your mind? Yes. Writing it is very therapeutic. Oh, you bet. Very cathartic um, and joyful. I'm sure it is. So handwriting.
0: Did have you ever written letters in your life, or are you just? Yes. Oh, you have. have. Okay. So, so, what kind of letters?
1: Back in the day, I mean, I've written letters to people I've been in love with and nice. uh, been apart from. You know. They might, be, might have been in the a, in a, in a military or uh, I had another friend who had been incarcerated mm-hmm. that I wrote to. Um, I did write a couple of letters when we first moved from Pittsburgh to California, uh, but um, never just to express like you're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful idea.
0: And, you know, the truth is you're you're. A significant part of an enormous, well, more than one industry. I mean, teaching, and singing, and filmmaking, and whatever you write is really part of your own history, in your own
1: hand. Yes, and I love, I love that. As a matter of fact, I, I, uh, I, I, my sister and I just released a, a, a song in the United Kingdom. They're playing in, the oh, about, yes. in Australia. And we, we collaborated in the writing of that. So we've been writing songs and uh, I, I love to write. And so to be able to transition that love for writing into letters.
0: I can imagine how wonderful they'd be given what a feeling person you are combined you. with experience and intelligence and you know. Thank you, yes.
1: I'm, I'm gonna do that.
0: Okay, okay. And um, you know, yes. People don't throw them away. It's very rare that anybody throw. Do you have letters that
1: people have I have letters. There you absolutely go. Absolutely, I have letters. I have letters that were written to me when I was a teenager. I never threw them away. Of course. Right. Absolutely. you absolutely know, and they're always a reminder. I mean,
0: anytime you anytime anybody needs to um just be, you know, uplifted again and to be reminded of how valuable they are in the eyes of someone who loves them, which I think is how you should really see yourself most accurately. That is through the eyes of someone who loves you. Yes. Oh, I want to thank...